1: Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God.
0: And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.
1: Song of the redeemed. Well, thank you for tuning to our Tuesday edition of the podcast. Uh, Lord willing, we will be back in chapter 22 of the book of Job, and just want to say we received some contact again today, uh, the day that we're recording this, about God's work in the meetings of last week, and so we thank the Lord for that. We certainly are glad to hear good reports. Those that have been uh, touched, those that have received assurance of faith, those that have seen Jesus Christ, that's all we ask for. We can't ask for anything else, and I know we're in a day when they need 200 professions, 400 professions. They gotta, they feel that pressure. they got to get professions out of people. But that's not ever what God has called us to. He that wineth souls is wise. Is speaking with the only wise one, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the great soul winner. And if he can't win folks, I don't have them. My job is to tell them. We plant, we water, and God giveth the increase. And so we put these things in God's hands. And so we thank the Lord for the report. We thank the Lord for those that said they found faith in Jesus Christ. We do pray it comes to fruition. We do pray that God reveals his wonderful work to them. And so we certainly thank the Lord for that. Now, last night, we had Brother Dale Morey with us. Back porch Bible study. We certainly are thankful for that. Uh, Brother Morey being here, being part of our home and part of our life. And uh, what a great message that was. Thank God for that. And also, I want to say this, as we go towards the end of the week, where we continue to press on, uh, because we'll be busy traveling, we may not have Job every day. I might be able to use some other men, might be able to use some other messages. I don't know exactly what our schedule is going to be as far as recording. I know we're going to be traveling quite a bit this time, Uh, Beginning next week, I'm going to try to get ahead, but it seems like I just can't get ahead in this. I feel like the Lord just has me just keep plugging along through this. And so if you uh, hear somebody else preaching, you'll know that we just weren't able to record. And if you hear an old message of mine recorded off a church website somewhere, uh, you'll know the same thing. So just bear with us on that. We're in Job 22. This is Eliphaz the Temanite, and he's responding to Job. And again, he's accusing Job. And the accusation he makes here, this King James Bible I have, this Cambridge text, says that yeah, Eliphaz accuses Job of divers sins. And that's really where it is to make an accusation. But again, we know that accusation is a little bit deeper than that. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, Can a man be profitable unto God, as he that is wise may be profitable unto himself? Is it any pleasure to the Almighty that thou art righteous? Or is it gain to him that thou makest thy ways perfect? And so he immediately contends with him, but Job was a perfect man. God said Job was a perfect man, and God said that Job was a righteous man. And so he's contending with him of these things. Can a man that's wise, be profitable to himself? And um, that's where the contention begins. And he really asks some good questions, but not realizing that man can be righteous with God. Man can be perfect with God. Your ways can be perfect before God. God would not have told you they would be if they couldn't be. And Job's ways please the Lord, and he sees that. And by the way, most people today, the same manner of person, the same ideals, uh, you know, they're just better than now, holier than now. They're on a different plane from the rest of us, and yet they cannot see the work of God in the hearts of men. In verse 4, will he reprove thee for fear of thee? Will he enter with thee into judgment? Well, the reality is that Jesus Christ will enter in with us into judgment, Uh, because uh, we're not going to be judged for our sins, because Jesus Christ has bore those sins. He's paid the penalty for those sins. He has taken away those sins. He's washed us and made us clean. And so he's asking questions here of Job, and really they're, to a point, they're foolish and unlearned questions, but that's what the accuser does. He is the accuser of the brethren. And that's how he accuses you and I. He'll come to you and accuse you. He'll come to God and accuse us. Look what your righteous servant did. And oftentimes he's right with the accusation, but yet you and I shamefully say he's right in the accusation he's made. But what we understand is that Jesus Christ has washed us from that sin. Jesus Christ has washed us in his own blood. And how we thank him, how we praise him for that. Is not thy wickedness great and thine iniquities infinite? Yes, wickedness is great. The heart is wicked above all else. Who can know it? We know that's desperately wicked and we know that iniquities are infinite, iniquities abound. But today in Jesus Christ, we don't contend with these things because we know and understand the matter of the flesh, that inner man, that outer man, that that new man, the old man, we contend with our flesh daily, we die to our flesh, hopefully die to our flesh daily. But what he's speaking about here is he's talking about a righteous man, an upright man, a just man, one that escheweth evil. He's making accusation against him. For thou hast taken a pledge from thy brother for naught, and stripped the naked of their clothing. Thou hast not given water to the weary to drink, and thou hast withholden bread from the hungry. Now, those are sinful things. Those are things that the law of God deals with explicitly. There are things that Holiness demands and godliness demands. So your brother have need to shut up your bowels of compassion. You certainly don't have the love of Christ in you. And I realize we're an Old Testament saint. We're talking about Job, but the same law applied. The same law has always been. And so he's telling Job, you didn't help those in need. Yet we saw early on this in this study of Job that Job did exactly that. He was in the gate. He was a man of wisdom. He was a man who helped others. He was a man when they were in affliction, Job came and helped with their affliction. When they were sorrowing, Job would help them with their sorrow. Now he's stricken down. Now he is afflicted. Now he's lost everything. And now his friends come and accuse him of being self-righteous in that. And what an awful accusation. What a terrible accusation. That's not giving water to the weary to drink. That's why Jesus Christ himself said, give a cold cup of water in my name. You'll not be despised. And so, Job has given those cups of water. Job has given bread, but he accuses him of that sin of withholding bread from the hungry. But as for the mighty man, he had the earth and the honorable man dwelt in it in verse eight. And then in verse nine, he says, thou hast sent widows away empty and the arms of the fatherless have been broken. So he's making an accusation unjustly. He's speaking out of sorts. The contention, the accusation has grown so strong now, it's slanderous. At very best, he certainly has forged a lie against him. Job is guilty of none of these things. I would say he's not even close to these things. The accusations being made by an unjust man, a self-righteous man, making accusation of Job, and at the same time, that's the way Satan works with us. He is an accuser of the brethren, and he will accuse the saints of God of anything and everything. And every little detail, every little knot, that's why the saints of God are striving to be blameless. Yes, we give a cold cup of water. Yes, we help the widow. Yes, we help the fatherless. That's pure religion. The Lord, it demands it of us. The honorable man dwelt in it. And there's one verse there, verse 9. He deals with the fatherless and he deals with the widow. We see that in the New Testament. It's a New Testament doctrine about that. It's pure religion, undefiled before God. What is that? Visit the fatherless and the widowed in their affliction. And then he said, and keeps oneself unspotted from the world. Those are what God requires of us. That's what pure religion is. The practice of religion is not in the practice of church and church ordinance and church activity and the organization of church and the structure of church. No, it's in doing right. And Bob Jones Sr. wrote that old song, Do Right Till the Stars Fall, Do Right, or was involved in the writing of that song, at least, and always do right. The saints of God always do the right thing. Children of God always do the right thing. And therefore, the accusation being made is against a man who did help people, but yet he's beaten low. Now he is, he's in the ashes, he's scraping himself, he's down, he's low, he's wounded, he's sore. All these things have come upon him, and there comes the attack. There comes the accuser. There comes that one to speak. He said, therefore, snares are round about thee, and sudden fear troubleth thee. Verse 11 says, or darkness that thou canst not see, and abundance of waters cover thee. So now he's making an accusation, but it's taking a little bit of a twist there. He's talking about one that's iniquitous. He's he's talking about one that is snared. The snares of death prevented me. The snares of death came upon him. He's talking about one that is in darkness, one that the abundance of waters have covered, the one that has been made sin. So the accusation now is turned where all of a sudden you realize Eliphaz is making accusation no longer at Job, but he's making accusation to that one that has bore our sins. The one that has and taken in himself all of our sicknesses, all of our diseases all of our iniquity, all of our sins. For he says, Is not God in the height of heaven to behold the height of the stars, how high they are? And thou sayest, how can, how doth God know? Can he judge through the dark cloud? And it's interesting he used that reference to the dark cloud because we see that in prophecy so many times, the cloud, the dark cloud, the darkness. It was there that God came down and dealt with his son. And for, again, he said this in Psalm 18, In verse 8, there went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. And then verse 10 of Psalm 18, he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. So in verse 11 of Job 22, he says, Or darkness that thou canst not see, an abundance of waters cover thee. And so he speaks of darkness. And then verse 13 How does God know? Can he judge through the dark cloud? Well, he said in verse 11 of Psalm 18, he made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters. There's the dark waters over Jesus Christ and thick clouds of the skies at the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed hailstones and coals of fire. So again, we see God has come down. God has come down in wrath and God has come down under that cover of darkness. And that's what the Eliphaz is accusing here because it is dark. Jesus Christ is in judgment. He is reserved in judgment. But he said, how does God know? Can he judge through the dark cloud? Verse 14 says, thick clouds are a covering to him that he seeth not. And he walketh in the circuit of heaven. And I've wrestled those verses through in those clouds and that darkness. And again, I see Jesus Christ in judgment there. I see Jesus Christ in damnation there. But I also see that as the cry came into his holy temple, God inclined his ear to the voice of Jesus Christ, but the accusation is still being made of. Can you imagine the accusation made when Jesus Christ was offered for sin? Can you imagine an accusation? If, if If the sons of God come and stand before God and Satan comes with them, Jesus Christ has been offered for sin. Can you imagine the awful accusation that's said? And they came and presented themselves to the Lord. And then Satan comes and he says, Hey, your son's in the pit. Your son's in hell. Your son is, is being judged for sin. The, the awful accusation. He's in darkness. He's in chains of darkness. He's under the dark waters. And, you know, the accusation he's going to make, and he says, That's your son. And then God was wroth. And all of a sudden, God began to move and God began to stir. Why? Because his ear was attended to the voice of his son. His ear was inclined unto his son. He heard his cry and it came unto his ears, even into his holy temple. And God was moved because it was the voice of his son in judgment, his voice of his son in wrath. It was the voice of his son in hell. And under the darkness, God came through the darkness. God came through the dark cloud. That dark cloud was under his feet. Eliphaz had that right. The cloud was a covering to him, and he could not see Jesus Christ. He'd made Him to be sin for us. He walked the circuit of heaven. But what he can't understand is that God then came down to where his son, son was. That's when he drew him out of many waters. That's when he came and delivered him and brought him into a large place, is what the word of God says. And he crossed that great gulf and brought him into a large place. We preached the other day, that large place in the bosom of Abraham. But He that ascended first descended, where? Into the heart of the earth. So what does he do there? He's preaching to the prisoner. Eliphaz can't see that. Why He's contending over the things beyond his realm, beyond his understanding. He is prophesying. He is seeing things that that you and I cannot see except by faith. We see them in the word of God, but it's the contending over Jesus Christ. It's the accusation made of Jesus Christ. So now it's no longer Job being accused. And somewhere there, there's that line of delineation. Somewhere there's that line of separation. In verse 14, that clouds are a covering to him that he seeth not, and he walketh in the circuit of heaven. But God sees all things. God came through that thick cloud. His light pushed back the darkness. He came down to where his son was. And I heard the old preacher many, many years ago. He said the reason they knew that Jesus Christ was on his way in Abraham's bosom is because there was a great light. And they saw the light of the world, Jesus Christ. And I've always just appreciated that. Thank God for that. I'm not going to be dogmatic about that, but I sure do like it. In verse 15, hast thou marked the old way which wicked men have trodden? And I think I'm going to stop there because verse 16, he continues with this, but it goes into a slightly different direction with this. But he says, hast thou marked the old way which wicked men have trodden, the contending over Jesus Christ, the contending over the Son of God, the ever-present battle between God and Satan, the ever-present battle between the saints of God and the work of Satan. And we see this, and we see this in Job's friends, we see this in Job. God has begun to shed, shed a little bit more light on this for us. It's one of these places here. It's very clear that cannot be Job. He's contending over. He may think it is. I don't even think he thinks it is. I believe that he is just saying what needs to be said. And he's saying what he has to say. And he's speaking. And by the way, the Holy Ghost has recorded these words for us that you and I have understanding. So tomorrow, Lord willing, we'll try to finish out this chapter. Have a great day.
0: There is a lost soul who started of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting.
1: You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with evangelist Tim McBay. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption there was where where
0: nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigy child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.